Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is AEW Weekly. I am Dr. Damian Gibson and joining me, uh, as always, is a man who only deals in kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe. Hi, um, listeners and Damian. How do you all do? <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, do you know that uh, Wrestle Kingdom goes for nine and a half hours all up over two days? I do now. I have no reason yeah, to doubt I you. Do, yeah, I, I'm... Uh, it's really good, but I'm watching it in what feels like bite-sized chunks, but it's still like two-hour sessions each, you know? <laughs> it's like, I feel like I've been watching a lot of wrestling, and then I look at it and I'm only halfway through, but I have watched like four hours of wrestling. Do you, uh, is, it, is it more difficult to watch or more onerous to watch than a WrestleMania? That's a good question, actually. I, I think so far, if I'm comparing this Wrestle Kingdom to the last WrestleMania, I probably enjoyed myself watching WrestleMania a little bit more. But that's only because I know the characters better. Um, and there's probably a bit more sort of razzle-dazzle and lights and stuff that um, <laughs> that keep me interested. New Japan is very much like ding, 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 match. You know, there's no real promos. Like, uh, Will Ospreay did a tiny little promo before his match, but um, there isn't a lot of... Occasionally, you might get a 30-second grab after a match, but it is just literally... It is kind of the nice thing about Wrestle Kingdom is that they give everyone, like, 20 to 30 minutes to, like, have their best match. Um, But, yeah, like, that... After two hours of that, that can... You know what I mean? Like, after two hours of anything... I'm at the point where I'm like, I could probably do something else now. <laughs> so it's good um, and it's worth watching. Like, Kenta versus Will Ospreay is like one of the best matches I've seen in the last six, 12 months. But um, this is going to take a while to get there. That's all I'm saying, kids. Mm. Well, I, look, I, 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 I don't, I'm not going to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom and I may watch uh, WrestleMania, but I watch WrestleMania as a, as a sort of personal punishment to myself <laughs> as a reminder that that T.S. Eliot was right and that April is the cruelest month and that we do live in the wasteland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, there are other options. Mm. There's a lot of other options. Now, before we get into Dynamite, I, I want to be completely honest with you and our, and our brother friends. I didn't get a chance to watch Impact this week because I've watched so much Japanese wrestling. But I, I watched the first 12 minutes of Impact um, very hurriedly this afternoon before us recording. So, is it, did you watch this week's episode and is there anything that we need to be caught up on uh, AEW-wise? I, I didn't watch it. Um, I have no excuse. I've been on leave and I haven't left my house. I've been in more in <laughs> lockdown now than I was during lockdown. Um, I'm just reading T.S. Eliot and looking out my window and hissing at kids and stuff. Um, well, from what I- because I quickly tried to look it up. So, from, from what I could see, there was more uh, sort of like the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega and Don Callis hanging out in the bus mm. in like the the Luger Express. Yep. Uh, and that was about it, really. Um, can I be honest? So, I, I pay for uh, Impact Plus, as you do. Um mm. It's really, really hard to like. They don't like sort it by year and stuff. No, just so, so at fight at impact. Like, can you just make it more easy for me to watch the good impact where Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff were running everything, please? Because <laughs> I tried to get there. Yeah, and also like the weekly impact show is really difficult to find on fight. I think we've had this conversation before and you were saying it takes a few days for it to show up on Fight because it's mm. on their app first or something. Is that? Yeah. It's it's painful. Yeah. Um, so, it's a bit- I mean, I don't want to rubbish on- I mean, Impact were one of our promotions of the year. So, it's not like we're was, haters or anything. But, no. Uh, but it, it is a bit difficult to to get on, on Fight. I noticed there's a fair amount of New Japan stuff moving on to Fight as well, which is- so for if you're an English speaking New Japan fan, that is hmm. so much better than trying to navigate the translated in inverted commas uh, Japanese uh, slash English site. That that is that's a lot more difficult than the Impact uh, <laughs> app to 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 work out. Yeah, it, it, 
it'd be good if it was a little bit easier, particularly because, like, you know, Impact has some cool stuff to watch in the past, and I would, I would, I, I was looking for something to keep me company, and couldn't, uh, couldn't get to where I wanted to go to. Um, have you? Uh, what about ECW? Have you done all that? Have you done all your homework for East, the, our ECW debut? No, but I, I need to. Re- I'm rewatching the ECWs. Fair enough. I'm trying to take it. Hey, um, seriously. we should probably talk about AEW. Uh, saying what? this is our AEW show. <laughs> oh no, I don't watch that. I think we've literally <laughs> mentioned every other promotion except AEW. I <laughs> oh, hang on, Ring of Honor. Now we've uh, mentioned every uh, wrestling promotion. Uh, this was this was a good episode, but I have some I have some opinions <laughs> on some things. You just got some real comic book guy. Then you're like, I have some opinions. I have some. Opinions. Uh, I re- okay. I'm going to give it to Jr. But before I do, uh, I thought his uh, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It was very nice. I hope that that continues as a little yeah. salute to Brody Lee or Luke Harper's uh, Twitter. I so okay. So the first match was SCU. And the Young Bucks versus the Acclaim and uh, the Hybrid 2. Yeah. Now, w- I'll ask you what you thought about this match and then I'll tee off. <laughs> I like four people in this uh, match. I like the Young Bucks and I like the Hybrid 2. Um, I think the Acclaimed is kind of embarrassing. And I think uh, Christopher Daniels. Uh, probably shouldn't be a an on-air talent at this point. Um, I do, however, think that if in a few months, like if they're going to do this, if they're going to do a Ric Flair retirement thing where, you know, next match he loses, he's got to retire and then the Young Bucks retire SCU and Frankie Kazarian goes on to sort of do his own thing solo and and, uh, Scorpio Sky goes on to do his own thing solo and Christopher Daniels is a trainer or an agent or whatever um, behind the scenes. That's like a a pretty good story and like not a bad way to sort of transition them out and to build sort of... I think the problem when you've got legends past their prime wrestling who have never been in, you know have never sort of been seen by anyone, um, certainly not by the million people watching Dynamite every week. So, you know, maybe half of them have an idea of sort of Christopher Daniels' backstory. If they do a good job telling the story of the fact that he's had, like, quite a, like, legendary career in the indies, he's, you know, extremely uh, well-regarded, is one of those guys that didn't go to WWE, um, you know, that 15 years ago, if AEW had have launched, would have been a potential building block for them. That could be that, that, but they've got to tell that story. It can't just be this sort of Freddie, bald Freddie Mercury ripoff who like looks like he's like got the oldest bones in the world, uh, is retiring. Like, you know, I think, I think that's a good outcome. I think. Giving them a decent storyline that's not them rapping or being funny um, is good, and particularly if it ends with their breakup, which there is only one way this ends. Yeah. Um, so I just quickly want to say, if Jr. and Skiavone aren't happy with moves being called in Spanish, then it's probably time for them to move on. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm actually starting to like the acclaim. Yeah, I know. It, it's, I, I know. It, I don't know. There's just something. There's something about them as like they need to be the healiest heels that ever healed. They can't be any, and I think that's already happening just because everyone mm. hates them. <laughs> but I think they're trying to get that heat, and they're succeeding. I, I think they know that that gimmick is. I mean, even in like the little uh, rap that they did this week, where they were like talking about the John mm. Cena comparisons and stuff like that, like. I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. Something happened this week where I'm like, I don't mind this, guys. I, I don't know why. 
Uh, maybe because they're wrestling SCU and I hate SCU <laughs> so much. Well, this is how to build, like, a super face for you. Like, this is how, like, to just launch Adam Page into the stratosphere is have him be the person who defeats SCU. Just have him buckshot Larry at Chris Daniels to death. I don't know the guy's names well enough yet because they've only been around for three or four weeks. But the guy who does the actual emceeing on the little raps that they do when they come out, he that guy oozes charisma. Like he yes. he has, he both of them do, but he definitely has something. You know what I mean? And this won't mm. be a this won't be their gimmick forever. You know, it's getting a reaction, so I think it's probably okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's better than you know. A few weeks ago, I bitched about like how there were seven thousand tag teams on Dark, and they were all the same. Yeah. Um. These guys aren't. Like, yeah, okay, maybe they're ripping off. You know, are they ripping off John Cena? I don't. You know, maybe they are, but I mean, are the young bucks ripping off Shawn Michaels every time they do a fucking super kick? Like, there's at some point, there's only so many things that you can do. Mm. SEU are ripping off fucking Jeff Jarrett by having your <laughs> rap is crap singlets, and that's not that, you know that is not Jeff Jarrett. That's Kurt Henning. Come on, wasn't it Kurt Henning and Jeff Jarrett? I don't. It was the West Texas Rednecks. It was Jeff Jarrett, wasn't it? West Texas Redneck was he? You sure? Uh, I'm sure it was Henning and Jarrett. I mean, that makes it way worse if it was, but because wasn't think that where the song came from? Well, I'm working back to yeah, it's not. It's it's Kurt Henning, Bobby Duncan Jr., Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, and Curly Bill. No, oh, okay. I swear to God, Jeff Jarrett was there. all right. Wait, well, wait, 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 wait. Do you know who Curly Bill is? No, Virgil. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's a West Texas. Soul Train Jones is a West Texas redneck, my friend. <laughs> That's like that Chappelle sketch where he's the head of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm not saying the acclaim. Uh, I'm not saying this gimmick is fantastic, but I can mm. see potential. Um, I can understand your argument of if this is a send-off for SCU to have them going in for the tag team titles, that is the only way that this story is fine. If if they somehow don't retire Chris Daniels at the end of this storyline, mm. I'm going to be so fucking mad. It's not funny. Like, I was already kind of pissed off at the end of this when, the pro- like, when they did the promo of, like, mm. You know, uh, well, you know, remember when we said that we were going to retire if we lost a match? Well, we're not going to. That's not going to happen, uh, especially when we fight you, the Young Bucks. And I was like, oh, what? They're in the title picture? Are you fucking serious? You've got, <laughs> like, you've got FTR. You've got the Jurassic Expo. Anyway. The only thing that, that I would say is if they go full heel, it's a pretty good heel gimmick. The your rap is crap. Yeah, like no, no, not that. That's stupid. Um, the it's a it's a pretty good like heel SCU being like you know this is the worst town ever. Like we're just like old fuckwits who aren't like what we were in the ring. Don't give a shit about entertaining people. You know that like that's not a bad gimmick. Hmm. As long as you see them get the absolute hell beaten out of them. Yeah. I, look, all my, this is all I'll say on it, right? I'm not that I'm not that hung up on it. I would just say when you've got the amount of tag team talent that you do on the roster within AEW to be putting SCU back into the title picture a year after they won the title, you know, like, hmm. I just don't, I don't know if it's great booking. And I think it's that kind of nepotism they keep bringing up. It's like, oh, well, they're our mates. Who gives a shit? Is that the best thing for the product? No. So, you know, now we've got to put up with... Now we've got to put up with eight weeks of SCU in fucking tag matches on Dynamite to appease a friendship. You know, it's like, well, what, but I'd rather why do see, I care about that? I would rather see SCU get beaten in a sort of meaningless blow-off match that we all know is that there's no chance they're going to win than the Jurassic Express or... I want to see them lose to a couple of fucking black trunkers on Dark. The first match on Dark. Given they are veterans, like, there's no point in letting the Young Bucks... Although, maybe there is, but it it would be nice if they uh, 
let, you know, the varsity blondes or someone just pull it off and retire them. Like, that would be a great swerve if SCU build this story, do six weeks, and in eight weeks they're challenging for the title. We just, you know, they're they're versing jobbers, it's lame, it sucks, and then the varsity blondes, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. just absolutely uh, snaps Christopher Daniels in half and they've broken up on an episode of Dynamite in the third match. <laughs> that that would get me back on board. <laughs> then you'd be on this podcast going, oh, I'd actually, uh, I, I hope that uh, SCU will be on uh, next week to explain. <laughs> oh, there's, no. there's, some, there's some real head shaking going on right now, no, people. Absolutely not. No, they, they are, to use a... Um, AFL terminology, they are list cloggers. And they, they just get in the way of real talent, <laughs> young talent. Well, I, this, this has I been- feel like I have to say this every week. Like, I just like <laughs> Ricky Starks versus anyone over watching SCU again, you know, like, or Rick, fucking Brian Ricky- Cage, any, any, anyone in Team Taz. They really aren't letting uh, Ricky Starks wrestle enough on Dynamite. Given. No, man. But I think also, like, if they're not there yet with him, like if they're if they're like, hey, in like three months we're going to have a serious storyline for you. Yeah, I get that. Not like, everyone can be on TV all the time. I, I do get that. If uh, like, I agree that like, why not be, you know, the Young Bucks and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks or Big Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks or you know why why have the hybrid two and uh, the acclaimed when you've got Team Taz, four of them sitting there. Chuck, uh, you know. Yeah, you can stick to, you know, if Brian Cage is the singles guy that you want to push, then put, uh, you know, Big Willie style Hobbs and Ricky Starks together. You well, this, this this has been uh, what grinds my gears with Damian Gibson. <laughs> and, you know. I think there would be a lot of people who would agree with me because I know that you're coming from a TNA, like a, a TNA guy point of view, and I didn't watch any of that. So my whole thing is like, I didn't watch that. I don't care. Like, it's this attitude of like, oh, well, they were big guys in TNA. It's like, why didn't watch that? So, I, I like don't give two. Sh- I don't give two shits about- no, I like Kaz. Kaz. W- I'm talking no, about Kaz, SCU. Kaz Kazarian. Oh, Kaz. Pfft, I liked no. him in WWE. But anyway, from the conservative dark into the ethical life, as uh, <laughs> uh, WH Orton once said, um, <laughs> let's move on to the next Yeah, match. next up we had John Moxley's promo. He's back. <laughs> oh. It's been a month. What did I'm you think glad of this? that I started this with quoting WH Orton because this was the best promo John Moxley has done in AEW. This was sick. I was so I feel like you in particular have been saying that the last three or four times he's been on. I think the well, I mean, I can't say I haven't because I don't remember specifically not saying something, and there is recordings, and I don't listen back. Um, I did. I think before this, I thought the best uh, promo was the one where Will. Will Hobbs went crazy and started bashing things with a chair behind him. I was really into that. Um, I thought he was great. I'm really into John Moxley as not the champion. I think like being the champion like really restricted what he can do. Having him just like out here as this like murderer, um, <laughs> you know, madman who's like you know really charismatic is great. Love it. Um, I think that I think I consistently like John Moxley more than yourself. Um, and I was just, yeah, I just love, yeah. Mm. It's like, good, this is great. John Moxley, awesome. Great. And uh, was a nice little foreshadowing for what happened later on in the episode. Uh, next up, we had Chuck and uh, Miro. They have a little back and forth back upstage. They make a match with younger boy Stips for next week. Oh. Uh, Trent's out for five months. That was- It sucks. Yeah, I mean, if this promo didn't suck enough, there was already there was the news that Trent's not coming back for half a year. <laughs> this was probably the worst part of the show for me, partially because Miro is wearing matching. I'm assuming they must be enormously expensive, gaudy shorts, and yeah, they're like Gucci and stuff. Like, yeah, that's his whole thing now. I look at him and I think. As A.E. Cummings once said, nobody, not even the rain, has such small hands. Like, you can't walk around dressed like that. Um, it makes you look like you have a tiny penis and you're not a wrestler. Um, 
He's he's, I, he's gone from being a guy who went into a WrestleMania on a fucking Soviet tank yeah. to wearing Gucci shorts and shirts and being like, hey, you will be my young boy. Yeah. I don't- um, I think there might be something there in, in that, but it's not fully fleshed out. I think this is something that we've spoken about before where it's like, just be Miro. You know, he's like- And yeah. he's like, oh, you know, I'll just- I like clothes, so I'll wear, like, gaudy clothes, you know, like, I'll wear really expensive clothes. And, like, this is all kind of heel 101 stuff, right? It's like, oh, look, I'm wearing Gucci and I'm an arsehole to people who are littler than me and blah, 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 blah. But it's just not- There's something- And I I don't think it's the best friends in Orange Cassidy, but there is something- it's definitely not them. But, I mean, like, sometimes things just click, right? Like, Mm. they're, you know, you don't- I'm trying to think of something off the top of my well, like fucking Stone, uh, Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. Those guys mm. just had chemistry. They just had amazing chemistry. Um, and like Kenny Omega and John Moxley have really good chemistry. There mm. is, you would think, oh, Miro to a lesser extent, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy and the best mm. friends, they would be able to do good promos together, right? But they've been trying this for what eight, nine, ten weeks, and nothing, nothing's working. And now that Trent's out for five weeks, this is the moment where I would just be, I would just be scrapping this. I just uh, see this is the thing, right? Like some people, it's like, yeah, be like you know, Steve Austin always says that the the best wrestling gimmicks are when you turn yourself up to eleven. Um, hmm. You know, it's just you at an extreme. I would say after watching this many weeks of Miro and being such a huge Rusev fan that maybe that's not always right and that some guys are not cool. Like, there are so many cool characters he could play if he just, like, Stone Cold might have turned turned it up to 11, Hmm. but he also wasn't, you know, a serial killing redneck. Like, he he wasn't that. He wasn't that at 11. Um, mm. You know, this it's just, it's not good. It's not interesting. Uh, I don't want to see Chuck Taylor with his stupid, weird, fat body. It's my body. Um, Why are you having to go with Chuck for? This isn't Chuck's fault. It makes me feel upset to see him without a shirt on because I'm like, <laughs> maybe I should be a wrestler. Like- <laughs> And also, it makes me think, like, fuck, maybe I need to, like, go for more walks, do some sit-ups, because it's like <laughs> looking in a mirror. And he should be fucking Man, ashamed I, of himself. I dream to have a body like that. <laughs> oh, well, you above all <laughs> things should be glad and young, Damien. Uh, <laughs> but it's not- But ultimately, right, like, uh, there's two things that are happening. These guys aren't clicking. Yes. Like, it's just not working. No one's into it. I don't see anyone on Twitter going, more Orange Cassidy and Miro, yes, please. Like, it's just not. It's just but not. The- Miro and Kip Sabian aren't working together, so that needs to be gotten rid of. And Miro isn't wrestling. You got him, like, from- unless he's injured. But if he's injured, put him away for a bit. Yeah, but you got but- him from WWE. You're paying him this huge money. Let him do- what people love him doing, being a giant fucking murder machine, like monster. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of other people around the top of the card at the moment. Have him go after Cody or Darby it's Allen. Just or he should, someone, like, like a mid-card He, he should have some come in against Cody. Like, he would be, by this point, at the top, like, if not at the top of the card, very close to it, because this is like Cody's specialty. He would have looked like not only like a, a million bucks, like a billion bucks. His character would have been interesting because Cody can just make anyone interesting. Like that's the answer. Yeah, you get a hundred percent. Look, this is. I'm going to fantasy book real quick. Rocky Four, Cody Sylvester Stallone, and Rusev is uh, Drago. Go. There's 12 weeks of storylines. Off you go. Go and do it. No Kip Sabian, no video games, no cross-promotion with Twitch. None of this bullshit. <laughs> Just 
boring meat and potatoes storyline so we can just get Miro back on track as a character in AEW and then then you can start branching out and trying to do, you know, weird. You know, he's one of those guys that complained about like, well, what I pitched in WWE didn't get up and like, you know, I was hampered there. If this was what he was pitching, then they were right to be like, nah, nah, pal. Well, I, but this couldn't even be a pitch because what is the pitch? I wear Gucci clothes and talk about my Twitch. Yeah, God, fuck. Mm. I would be siding with Vince if I was in that creative meeting. Mm, absolutely. Um, but I think it's just that thing of like they're so happy to have Miro and he's a big name that they've just mm. let him do whatever he wants um, and it needs to be reined in. Yeah. What's going on with this fucking wedding? Where's the I don't wedding? Care. And like the fact that, uh, do you care about this wedding? <laughs> you know I do. Okay, because I was like, <laughs> if they've lost you on the wedding, then like that is really indicative of how fucked they are. But it's okay. They they have no. Lost I'm you. still on board. But they don't even talk about it. They it's like they remember every three weeks. Like, oh yeah, yeah. don't worry, the wedding's happening at some point. So well, bloody better be. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into some real wrestling. Next up, we had Wardlow versus Jake Hager. A couple of big. Bloody, beefy men, beefing around their beef. What did you think of this, Matt? I really liked it. I thought that Jake Hager, uh, for the first time in AEW, um, he sold- Like, he he made Wardlow look so good. Like, the way he sold the F10, um, which is such a stupid name for a move. Um, I, I just like these these giant muscular men being really petty and stupid. Um, but the way he sold it, like it just he made Wardlow look so good, and it was the right outcome. It was just absolutely everything about it was right. Like this match needed to happen. I'm glad it didn't break up the inner circle. I, you know, further story developments later on um, were very clever. I thought, uh, like you know. Who knows what's going on there? Uh, and, yeah, I did, like I thought it was well done for a big Hoss match. How about you? I enjoyed it as well. And I think Jake Hagen might have found his niche in uh, putting people over. Uh, like, yeah. I hadn't... He's been pushed so hard as, like, um, you know, look at this guy. He's such an athlete. He has to go over that... I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure there were periods in WWE where he was fucking jobbing out every week, but um, this was good. Like, they both looked good. The only thing I was like, why are these guys? I mean, I know they don't like each other, but the fact that the inner circle were kind of, Jericho did like a little bit of backstory where it was like, you know, in the inner circle, we've got a problem, we fight it out. And I, I thought that was a good and like, and then we'll we'll go on and be friends after this. Um, and I was really happily, ha- I was very happy that Wardlow won. Like you say, I think that was exactly the right um, result mm. for him, uh, for the inner circle, and for all the sort of continuing storylines of MJF Jericho, you know. And I, I also like that, like, while this stuff is happening, Jericho's up on the commentary table. He didn't come down at the end of the match or anything like that, setting up for maybe MJF in the future saying, well, you just haven't been around. Mm. And someone needed to step into that void. Yeah. And, you know, I was the natural person to do that. I hope that's where it's going. I really like that. Like, I I was like, that's... I'm not saying I'm correct, but if I am, I think that's really smart storytelling. Um, And good that we're, like, back into the inner circle because they're, like, they're an important part of Dynamite's success. And I think they'd sort of been off the boil a little bit for the last four or five weeks. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's good they to have, have them back. And particularly given they they're now up for the next show, giving their new year's resolution. That's a that's <laughs> yeah. a uh, good opportunity. Yeah, that's got Chris Jericho written all over it. And mm. um uh I just think they had like I think that Las Vegas thing had some stank on it. And it took a while for them to get it. Yeah. Off. Yeah. And also like, you know, there's two new people in a group, so maybe it's taken them a while to sort of find their their groove, but um, uh, speaking of groups, we were backstage. Private Party have signed a contract with Matt Hardy for him to be their manager. Which he seemed to have already been doing for- Yeah, he was already doing anyway, but he's taking 30% of Private Party's earnings. Um, and Snoop Dogg watched the whole thing. 
Cool. Like a like a cuck. <laughs> I, I like, like that a- we've gone for. I, I I I've just been indiscriminately like trying to jam in quotes by poets, and you're just trying to throw in things from the incel forums. The uh, we're really hitting the audience. Learn right things. <laughs> Next up, we've got the weigh-in for <laughs> Brian Cage and Darby Allen. I thought this was some old-school wrestling promotion, and I enjoyed it. What did you think? I thought it was a really good way without just constantly doing the same thing to just, like, basically, like, say, Darby Allen's small, Brian Cage big. And yeah. Like, yeah. sick. I can't wait to see uh, Darby Allen beat Brian Cage and how he does it. Like, is Sting going to get involved? Is, yeah. like, this going to be finally Sting sort of explaining what the go is between him and uh, Darby? Is uh, is Sting going to, like, point at the belt or something with his bat? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I'm, I, I wrote down I'm really enjoying the fact that Sting isn't giving anything away. Yeah, I I much prefer that. I saw so every week when Sting is announced, I was like, oh god, I'd like, I don't mind him cutting a promo. I think he's actually gotten really good at cutting promos compared to like us watching him on the WCW <laughs> show at the moment, where it's like, oh, you have not worked that out yet. Um, but you know, thirty years in a business will help with that, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it's it's much more interesting when he is that Sting, when he's the stoic, silent Sting. I, I think you're right. I think this did a really good job of saying, like, uh, this is a this is pretty scary for Darby Allen. Like, he's not just taking. I mean, not only is he taking on Brian Cage, who is like twice the size of him. Mm. Um, there's also Team Taz is going to be. It's essentially will be like a small lumberjack match, mm. uh, and then sort of also telling the story of like, but Sting is around and seems to like Darby Allen? Question mark. So it's it's all very sort of intriguing. I think Darby as a you know, basically his story being, you know, big, tough guys like you have always tried to push me around, you know. I think that's like- Oh, uh, you got a bit well, dashboard confessional, yeah. Yeah, which is totally like right exactly where I want to be. I want, I want like him and Britt Baker to be- I want him to be like singing hands down to Britt Baker in the next <laughs> few episodes. I don't think Britt- Britt's too- she's too much of a popular girl. She's Fine, too much rem- of an it girl to be- Rebel, yeah, maybe it's it. That's a, come, come, no, <laughs> come on, you're not. It's 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 the guy that looks like Darby Allen and the the popular girl that he's singing Dashboard Confessional to. Do you watch the film clips? It's not Abaddon in those film clips, my friend. Red film clips, man. You know who writes film clips? The singer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know who writes wrestling at AEW? No one. They yeah. just let them do whatever the fuck they want, clearly. Yeah. He's just got to watch a Miro promo to know that. Next uh, we next we had MJF just checking in on Jake Hager as a little follow-up on what had happened earlier. MJF doing this new sort of conciliatory, mm. hey, man, I'm just, hey, hey, we're all a team. I'm just checking in. I am actually a nice guy. You might have heard that I'm an arsehole, but I'm not. Just checking in. And you know what? Like, uh, Jake Hager came across as, like, a human yeah. in this promo. I've been watching uh, Jake Hager or Jack Swagger or whatever you want to call him for like 10 years and have not once ever had any human emotion towards him whatsoever mm. besides, ugh. And in this promo, in this match and this promo this evening, I was like, huh. I mean, I'm not, you know, he's imagine, not my new favourite wrestler. Imagine if WWE was still doing the We The People gimmick. Oh, my God. Like, we're recording this on the day where- uh, we the people stormed Congress. Um, yeah, the Tea Party. That's how it all started, eh? Because like, like, that was like them ripping off the Tea Party who were in the news at the time. And How long How long is it going to take for Vince McMahon to do a storyline where, like, retribution, like, turn up at the Stanford headquarters and, like, you know, come and sit in his office and start trying to book things and stuff? It's ripped from the headlines. <laughs> I oh, you see that uh, Mick Foley, like, tweeted at Vince to get Donald Trump out of the- He should probably <laughs> Out of the Hall that. of Fame, which, look, I love Mick sticking up for what's right, hmm. but I don't think that was the number one priority for anyone on planet Earth 
You know what I mean? You know what will really show Donald Trump? I mean, the th- the weird thing about Trump is that it would probably upset yeah, I was him gonna if say, he was booted out. Is- <laughs> <laughs> he be- like- booted out of the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think it- I think it's great. Like. I just thought Put it was very sweet. President. I just thought it was very sweet that Mick was like, I I know what'll fix this. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mick and I love I love his rants about politics and stuff most of the time, but I just thought that was very cute. It's like, dude, we've probably got a few more important things to worry about than that. He's but good. yes, you're right. At some point that should be looked into. <laughs> It's Mick, Mick Foley and Stephen King are the two like great lefties on Twitter where you're just like They are. They really are. He's like if <laughs> if Trump was in Maine, uh, you know, he would have spiders coming out of his mouth. I don't know. Stephen King doesn't say <laughs> things like that. And I quite like Stephen King as a writer and don't want to degrade him. Uh no. They are both great. Like they're worth a follow on Twitter if you're not following them. Mm. Um next up we had uh, Jurassic Express and FTR face off. Um, yeah. What do you think of this? I imagine Marco Stunt's going to beat FTR next week, hopefully, or he's not. I don't know. Um, I hope he does. I don't care about FTR. I think we were talking about Jurassic Express maybe two months ago of, like, what's going on with them? Where are they? Um, and I know, like, the counter-argument is, like, they're babies. Like, don't worry about it. Like, they've got all the time in the world to be top of the card, but- you can only have- they seem to lose a lot. I just think they've been holding them off. I think there's a bunch of people that they're sort of holding off on. They're keeping them around, keeping them on TV, but just holding off until the crowds are a little bit bigger. Because, like, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were properly, like, you know, same with Scorpio Sky. Like, these were the people early on that people were like, shit. These like the crowds went sort of crazy for them without knowing them. Orange Cassidy, um, they obviously haven't held off on, but now he is sort of being moved to something else. Adam Page, um, you know, there's a bunch of people who are going to connect with the crowds really strongly, um, and it'll be a lot more meaningful when there's you know fifty thousand people there to scream as Jurassic Express, a giant dinosaur kills Matt Jackson. Yeah, I don't know, I like. Uh, I'm very happy to watch, like, Jurassic Express versus FTR in a match. Um, I think after, the one thing I have kind of enjoyed is FTR seem to have loosened up a little bit in their promos and stuff. Uh, Tully's doing some great work. Probably should do more in their promos. Like, uh, I would almost suggest that he does. he's the only one who talks. Um, but anyway... Well, it's a, a bit of bit of sizzle for a uh, bit of sizzle for our ECW show coming up later this month. First one, uh, January of nineteen ninety five. Tully Blanchard is an ECW main eventer. Oh wow! Yeah, it's exceptionally weird given where we're sort of seeing him now, but it's good. Yeah, okay. I I like Tully Blanchard. I've yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Marcus Stunt. Uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. not a, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, someone I am a huge fan of, and probably haven't spoken about much on the show, is Matt Seidel. I really liked him as Evan Bourne in yep. WWE. Um, really happy to see him getting a second opportunity at the big time. I suppose he, he was uh, sort of in- part of that pre CM Punk group of guys like John Morrison, mm. Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne, where where they were sort of the crowd. Kofi Kingston, even at that point. Yeah. The crowd absolutely fucking loved them and wanted them, Dolph Ziggler, um, to just, you know, win everything and to, you know, mm. finally do it. And they just didn't didn't go with them on anything. No, there's a, a famous photo of, uh, it might have been after a Clash of Champions night or something, but it's like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston mm. and Evan Bourne are the tag team champs. Cody is like the... Yep, United States it, champ, yeah. uh, and Daniel Bryan's the IC champ. Well, there were two heavyweight belts at that time, or whatever. But it was like, and um, oh my god, this is going to sound so misogynistic. As Edge's wife, I'm completely blanking on her Beth name. Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. Fuck. Um, yeah, and it was like changing mm. of the guard, and then yeah. that lasted like four weeks. And yeah. Randy Orton won again. Um, <laughs> so uh, I thought it was a good match. I really enjoyed this. Like. Um, I think both of these guys are ridiculously good in the in the ring. 
and I uh, I've, I was enjoying Snoop's coaching. <laughs> yes, me too. I thought, it, and I loved how like the lengths that they went to to get Snoop as like he knows his re- he knows his wrestling. Like Jr. kept mumbling about him knowing football, which was just added so much to it. But um, Jr.'s the guy who. Um, I, like, I only know about this person because I was, I was this person when I used to drink at the table <laughs> who, like, talks about, like, only wants to talk about one subject. And it doesn't matter what anyone else is talking about at the table. You drag the conversation back to that topic. And JR, JR on football, he just mentions it so much. He randomly, one of the matches was like, it was this match, actually. He was like- a lot of NFL teams looking for coaches this year. Like, the, uh, what, oh, I, <laughs> what am I meant to do with that information? I was at the pub the other day reading my book and there mm. was a table of middle-aged men and Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison came on and there was one man who thought it was exceptionally funny and I counted the amount of times he did this because I was the second time he did it, I'm like, oh Jesus, he's doing his like he thinks this is a thing. He was yelling out mercy every time Roy stopped singing. Mercy. Yes. And he thought like no one was like validating. And cl- very clearly these people knew this man well enough to not validate this in the first instance. And that's what <laughs> yeah. sort of caught my like attention. I'm like, ooh, I'm about to see a thing here. And yeah. he did it every single time. And I'm like, that's that's Jim Ross. He's He's yelling mercy at Pretty Woman. Yeah, it just gets worse every week. Anyway, Cody gets the win here, but I think Seidel did enough to, you know, kind of show that he's a good mid-carder and a solid, you know, um, it feels like being very dismissive when you say, oh, it's a good hand, but, like, you know, you could do things with him, you could put him in a tag team if needed. Well, well, if we're sort of, if we're heading towards Impact being uh, not a brand anymore and the second AEW show... Um, a guy like Matt Seidel is a massive, like, he'd be on impact, he'd be immediately, like, X Division champion or something, or, you know, in that sort of... Even thinking, like, a tag team with Pac or something like that, but then Pac's probably a top, a main event. Mm. But anyway, uh, Snoop does a Snoop splash uh, on Pentico at the end of this match. I'm not going to go into how Pentico and Luther were in the ring. They just were. Uh, and Snoop, <laughs> Snoop does a Snoop splash, uh, which I now want to be an official move. It's where you go to do a splash off the top top rope, fall onto your knees, and then fall onto the person who's lying there. <laughs> I like that Chris Jericho said this at the start that Snoop Dogg had uh, defected and that they had Snoop Dogg. Like he was like Kevin Nash appearing on the like you know. Oh, uh, yeah, because he is a bit of a W. I mean, Sasha Banks' theme is done by Snoop, Snoop and the Loop. I wonder if Cody's going to continue to use this, the Snoop Dogg version. Yeah, I don't- You kind of have to if Snoop's done your theme for you, right? But Well, like, Cody's intro sucks so badly. I the like song. Cody's theme. Oh. Whoa! I don't mind that. Yeah, you're a big puddle of mud fan, though. So it's like- one of- No, but it's one of those things where it's like- It's like Edge's- I think we were talking about Edge's theme in something recently. Yes. Where I was like, I would never listen to that song outside of wrestling. But in wrestling, it's perfect. I still stand by the fact that the Red Red Crewy by Rob Zombie is an all-time top five theme song. And Edge should have had that. I think it's good. I don't I don't think it's better than oh, You Think You Know Me. Yeah, but it starts with You Think You Know Me. And then it's never going to stop. Oh, it's so good. Oh. No. No. You're you're wrong on this. I'm not. I'm not going to back down. <laughs> I'm like Tom Petty. Next up, we had. It's hard to pick, but it, I was going to say my favorite match of the night. But then I was like, oh, is it really? Anyway, Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida for the women's championship belt. Uh, what did you think of this one? Well, I just wanted to say first of all. So we watched these on Fight. Um, obviously, we don't have TNT in Australia. Um, we only have three channels, and one of them's a bit fuzzy. Um, but we don't get wrestling on our free-to-air television. Um, the- and our prime minister's always in a rubber <laughs> ring in the lake, <laughs> and we ride kangaroos to school. Um, yeah. Oh, we're on MSN Messenger twenty years ago, um, <laughs> tricking some idiots. Um, the uh, <laughs> there's this consistent complaint that they run. Um, ads through the women's matches we obviously don't 
realize that because we're watching picture in picture. Um, so, oh. uh, so I just wanted to say that if, if if you are listening and wondering why we never reference this, it's because we're just watching the full match and being like, "This is great. Um, this was awesome. This was this was a great women's match." Um, I feel like that, like you know, m- it might have been nice to see Abaddon not done dirty, but also I want to see uh, Abaddon with the uh, with the TNA women. Um, the, I've forgotten her name completely, but the zombie bride they've got down there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I know the yeah. I can't remember her name either. Um, I really love this match until the ending. Um, I don't know if you could have put the belt on Abaddon, mm. but um, I just thought there would be like some sort of uh, screwy finish to sort of keep the feud going. But I mean, you can keep a feud going even though someone wins. But I just. It's taken so long, like, they, they've kind of taken their time with this to build up Abaddon as this big threat, and then for Sheeta to kind of, like, get a, you know, one-and-done scenario was like, oh, I just sort of felt like it detracted from, like, how sort of big and scary- Like, watching Abaddon in this match, I was like, oh, she's like a fa- she's like a, a female Mick Foley. Like, this is- mm. but with a touch of, like, Undertaker and Kane- rolled into it like when she dragged Sheeta under the ring I was like there would be kids watching this who would be genuinely scared right now mm. you know kids yeah <laughs> well that's and that's you know like it it might have been cool to see like Abaddon beat Sheeta Abaddon becomes champion you know Sheeta gets her return Sheeta loses and then like Big Swole comes for Ab- like someone like Big Swole against someone like Abaddon would be a lot of fun. Um, or Britt Baker, like you know, surely we have to be nearing Britt Baker as champion. Well, Brit- the Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa have got their mm, that's true their feud going, but Big Swole for sure. And I feel like I'm being a bit of a hypocrite, and I'm sure there'd be listeners going. But, dude, you were saying that, like, you just wanted Sheeta to have a storyline where, like, she actually got, you know, some story and you build her up as a champion. And that's fair enough. Like, I did say that. Mm. But I just, uh, I just, I was enjoying this, I think is probably my point. I was really enjoying this story. And it's like, well, once you pull that trigger, um, it's done, right? Like, you, what, what happens next week where Abaddon's like, well, You know, and, and like for what happened in the match where Abaddon was literally meant to be like eating chunks out of Sheeta, mm. um, I don't know. I just would have thought it would have made more sense for, you know, you have a stipulation that protects Sheeta but means Abaddon wins, you know. A like Abaddon wins something but like doesn't that. win the belt. Yeah, or, yeah something like that. Um, just so you could keep this going. But anyway, I, I, I think AEW have really got something with Abaddon. And I don't even think they realise, like, I don't think they have quite realised what they've got yet. I genuinely think that they could have, like, a mankind-level character in the female division in in Abaddon. Yeah, I agree. Oh, we had a quick uh, Tay Conti promo where she's talking about how she's going to take on Serena D for the NWA Women's Championship, which is cool to see that this NWA still exists. Yep. Um, and <laughs> that'll be happening next week. And she's almost joined the Dark Order. It's cool. She was wearing a Brody Lee t-shirt. And um, so- I think she's just in but- now. Yeah? Yeah, I think she's in. But anyway, that's cool. So, that'll be happening next week. And then we come to your main event, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Omega- the Cleaner versus Ray Phoenix for the AEW Championship. Uh, a lot happened in this last 25, 30 minutes. What did you think? Uh, I think it would be relatively hard. Like You could put this up against any match that's been on Dynamite or really an, an AEW pay-per-view. This was Ray Phoenix at his absolute best, Kenny Omega at his best. Um the match was awesome. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought, like, even the finish, um, Omega obviously was always going to beat uh, Ray, but they didn't do it in a sort of dodgy or demeaning way. Ray nearly got there. I loved um, 
at one point, like there were there were so many like incredible moves and sequences of moves where you're just like, oh shit, I've never seen that before. But there was one thing. He pinned Kenny Omega close to the ropes. Ray Fenix pinned Kenny Omega. And he held his 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 left arm. So like he sort of held it up in a bit of a chicken wing so he couldn't just grab the ropes, which is something I've absolutely never seen. But I was like, that's so cool because it's like showing that he's aware that they're close to the ropes and that this is how Kenny Omega would kick out of this. Um, and he just he looked so tough. Yeah, it was um, uh, it was an amazingly wrestled show. I loved uh, Kenny Omega's ring announcement that went on forever. <laughs> um, you know, but it was so smug and amazing. Um, I'd love to write before. I don't know if you picked up on this, but Jericho was like big up, big up in Kenny Omega and how like because the others were like he stole the championship, and Jericho said. One man steals is another man's treasure, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Excalibur was like that. Literally makes no sense whatsoever. And that was the point where I was like, <laughs> and Derek was like, "Shut up, Excalibur." That was the point where I was like, "Yeah, no, hundred percent. These are the two guys who should be." And I know that Jericho's still wrestling, so but if there is a way to have Jericho and Excalibur as the two guys on the commentary desk, then AEW should bite the bullet. And make that happen immediately. There is like a natural chemistry between the two of them. It reminds me of a Jesse uh, Ventura, Gorilla Monsoon type situation mm. where you've got the very like conservative play by play guy and the insane fucking color guy who's very funny and but can also help build color and tension. When Jericho's out there, do you, you barely hear JR and Tony, mm. you know? Anyway. He's very good. I just wanted to point that out. I just think I just think that needs to happen very quickly. Um, uh, I thought it was great booking with the one wing angel being a move that just no one can get out of. Once that once that happens, that's the end of the match, and I really yeah. like that. That doesn't happen enough. Um, Eddie Kingston beating up Pack and uh, Penta was great as well because that's a continuing storyline. Those guys have got beef, so Eddie Kingston helping out. And the Butcher and the Blade helping out Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And just and let it, letting us know that there's not going to be, that they're about to jump. Clearly something's about to happen. They're about to jump uh, Ray Fenix and no one's coming to, no one's yeah, coming to got, save him. You've got no help, Ray. Ray sold that really well as well. Of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, but here comes John Moxley. Uh, with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire um, and smacks Kenny Omega in the stomach with it. And you think that, like, I was a little bit like, uh, really? I kind of wanted to see him. <laughs> I'm loving Kenny Omega so much, I kind of wanted to see him just be a full heel and beat the crap out of Ray Phoenix. But I shouldn't have worried because here come the good brothers, Gallows and Anderson from TNA. Uh, I love how they've got their hoodies on. When they come into the ring, so no one would recognise them, yeah. even though they're wearing their fucking Impact tag yeah. team belts. <laughs> uh, but anyway, cut a long story short, they beat the crap out of uh, Ray. Seems to run off. I don't know what happened to Ray, but they beat the crap out of John Moxley. Uh, eventually, the young bucks come down to sort of be like, "Hey, hey, what the hell, man? You guys aren't even meant to be here. Like, you know, like we can, we can't condone." This little uh, sort of they seem to be having a conversation of like, hey, hey, um, and then I'm completely blanking on what who came out then. Oh, because the guys started jumping out of the crowd. like guys like Brian Pillman yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. started jumping out of the crowd to try and help John Moxley, um, and Matt Buck uh, kicked one of the guys in the head, and then essentially they all did the Bullet Club too sweet, and they're back. The band's back. Yeah, it's weird because they're saying Bullet Club on Impact, but not on AEW. I think the stakes are lower or higher. I'm pretty sure Impact have an agreement with New Japan. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it was it was interesting because for the first time ever, I was like a bit excited to see the Good Brothers. Um, I was like, ooh, <laughs> I'm into this. I like, think they're another, cool. yeah, I think they're another- duo that um outside of wwe will really like i've only seen little bits and pieces of them outside of wwe but 
they're like really funny. You saw moments of that in WWE, but not not mm. anywhere near enough. But the idea of a roaming bullet club mm. that can just go from show to show. I mean, it's kind of like uh, an inverted NWO, right? Like, it's kind of like- No, I mean, it's not, not even inverted. It's you know, they a, get they, a couple more people and then they just- They're using the Wolfpack symbol. They're running rough shot, rough shot no, over the No, in the, the sense of, of like, rather than- Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe not inverted might not be the right term. But, like, that they can go from show to show to show- mm. Well, they're like, I yeah, guess- I suppose a, a, it's kind of the same thing as- But it's what Eric Bischoff wanted to do in creating different shows in order to, you know, it's. I guess it's technically what Vince McMahon sort of tried to do by creating Raw and SmackDown and NXT and having separate brands. It's just done hmm. better. Um, you know, now there's this yeah, group that sort of- real. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now there's this group that sort of comes and, you know, like Rich Swan could be massive off the back of this. Like yeah. this could be huge for him. Um, you know they need they they do need, and I don't know who it is, but they need like, and I don't know how it really works with the Bullet Club whole thing, but they need a mid, they need an X Park to, you know, be the sort of cruiser weight. Uh, they got two tag teams. They got Kenny. They got old man Don, who's billionaire Ted. Uh, no, not billionaire Ted. Uh, Ted DiBiase, um, who I believe was billed as the billion dollar man <laughs> when he turns up. <laughs> um, so great. But anyway, this was great. This is great. Um, this so is A plus. I was uh, I was really happy with it. It's it's amazing storytelling. Um, and, and just the logistics of it every week. I mean, we're kind of... I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. I don't know if I'll... I, like, I just each week I'm like, oh, fuck, there's AEW people on Impact and Impact people on AEW and... I don't know how NXT comes back from this. Like, they would need to, like, have John Cena come on and body slam a Make-A-Wish kid or something. And, like, there's just... There's nothing they can do that is as big a deal as like, hey, you literally don't know who's going to show up or what's going to happen, and we're having these insane matches. The bottom of our card's great. The top of our card's great. What do you uh, do? Yeah, well, that, that's that's what I was going to say. I mean, uh, having watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom this week, and uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched all of it yet, but um, uh, I said Kenta before, didn't I? Um uh, yeah, I, I got that wrong. Anyway, Kenta has uh, won the US. Like, there's essentially like a suitcase that allows you to take on the US, the New Japan US champion. Um, and Kenta has won that. I'm pretty sure it was Kenta. Um, and I was like, when I was watching AEW this week, and John, it was like, oh, John Moxley's up next. I was like, oh, well, he's just going to do a promo. Maybe Kenta will come out. Mm. Like, you know, I was actually like, doing the maths of like, could he get from Japan to America in 48 hours? He probably could, but then COVID and stuff probably wouldn't happen. But there was a part of me that was like, maybe New Japan will invade <laughs> this show. Like, I'm at that point now. It's like, well, fucking anything could happen. Yeah. Who knows? It's incredible. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> it really is. And so- It really is. Just quickly. So, next week- this is the card, and this is, it's just, like, it's actually phenomenal. It's Park versus Eddie Kingston. Like, tell tell me which of these you're, like, cold on. And, like, fair enough, the next one is Miro versus Chuck Taylor. I'm still interested. I want to see Miro wrestle. So, I'm not yeah. cold on it, but it's not, I'm not excited. The Waiting Room with Britt Baker featuring Cody. We'll see. <laughs> I think it's going to be I great. love Britt, I love Britt Baker, but I don't know about the waiting room. Uh, FTR versus Jurassic Express. Yeah. It, yeah. Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. Yes. I'm really looking forward to that. Serena Deeb versus Tay Conti. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm looking forward to that. What is the Inner Circle's New Year's resolution? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I can't wait to find out. And the Elite in Action. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that what they're going to- I want. Yeah. I wonder if that's what- Bullet Club will be called. I imagine so. I mean, they'll just call of- themselves the Elite. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they'll go up against or anything like that. But yeah, 
all those matches, are, there is something that I'm interested in in all of them. The only reason I was a little bit like, uh, with Jurassic Express and FTR is, is the Marco Stunt storyline. Mm. I'm just not. I feel like I come across like Jim Cornette when I talk about Marco Stunt, and I feel bad about that. But I just, I just can't get in. I just can't get behind Marco. He's they, just not. They could do the right thing and just have. FTR absolutely truck Marco stunt and win in like. If 10 that's seconds. what happens, then I'm into it. Yeah, no, I, I will love every second of that if that's what happens. Just have <laughs> I feel really bad for it. saying that. <laughs> I actually really enjoy watching Marco get the shit kicked out of him. Um, which I feel really bad. That's not usually the kind of wrestling fan I am, but for some reason with Marco, I just. Like Agreed. when Matt Jackson punted him in the head, oh, man, it's still one of my favorite moments of last year. Agreed. <laughs> all right, we got to get out of here, man. Yeah, this is all done. Uh, <laughs> we are all done. Um, if you are enjoying what we're doing, rate and review us. Uh, Apple Podcasts is the most helpful uh, place where you can do that. Uh, you can follow us on the socials. We are WrestleWolf or WrestleWolf Pod, uh, depending on which social platform you're on. You can check us out on YouTube um, and our website, which is WrestleWolf.com. Uh, but until next time. Brother friends, Pepe is dead.